In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Good morning, everyone. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here on Friday, September the 1st. The exhibition season is over. Now the Falcons can start getting ready for the regular season. This is the Bowtie Chronicles, the second episode of our new podcast here, dealing with everything about the Atlanta Falcons. Heading into the season, we got five keys for you to think about here as the Falcons get ready to uh, point towards the Chicago Bears on September the 10th, 1 o'clock game up there in uh, Chicago. It's going to be a busy weekend. Uh, we got Notre Dame hosting Georgia on Friday, Saturday night at 7.30. Uh, we'll be covering that for you, too, and then coming back to Chicago for the season opener. But the Falcons have five keys heading into the season. Just the way that the uh, exhibition season broke down, you know, don't get all up in the snit about the 0-4 record. Uh, you know, Jeff Schultz chronicles that in the column, and uh, you can find that on AJC.com where, you know, going 0-4 has no direct tie or correlation to how a team's going to do in the regular season. So, you know, you got to break down the exhibition season and see how the team was uh, trying to put things together. And offensively, the uh, team never played together. Uh, they're going to have a... Uh, you know, a new guy at right guard, Julio Jones played a little bit, six plays, I believe, against the uh, Cardinals. Taylor Gabriel only played a little bit. And so now with the season uh, starting here in a few days, they got to try to turn the switch on the offense. But the offense was so potent last season, averaging 33.8 points a game, that um, – Consulted with my uh, co-worker, Michael Cunningham, and he doesn't believe it's going to be a problem. He thinks they can turn the switch on uh, because Julio's so good and they're practicing so hard. So uh, they're getting ready for the regular season in practice, not so much these exhibition games. So we're not going to put too much stock into that. So that's one of the keys heading into the season. Can the offense turn on the switch? We think they will. And that'll probably show in Chicago. The uh, pass rush, I'm really excited about that. Uh, uh, wrote a uh, column off of the game, although we didn't get to see the guys that are going to be in the pass rush. Uh, just real excited about the combination of uh, fronts that the Falcons will be able to play. You know, a line of Vic Beasley, Grady Jarrett, Jack Crawford, and Takaris McKinley could be out there. But then you even still have, um, you know, what do you do with Adrian Claiborne? Uh, he's a, a good pass rusher, too. And uh, do you pull out Don Terry Poe, your $8 million man? I don't think so. But at least you got guys that uh, if you got to rush the passer on, uh, uh, you know, 10 to 30 plays or 15 to 30 plays, you can go with a rotation there at both of those spots and uh, be in pretty good shape. So at tackle and uh, rush tackle and rush in, you got 
uh, three options at rush in for sure. And you got uh, three or four at uh, a rush tackle. So, you know, and then you got a sturdy bunch of tackles. And Courtney Upshaw, expect him to make it. Uh, and Rasheed Hageman, you got to have some beef up front too. So uh, the versatility up front is going to be good for the Falcons defense uh, this year, and that's a key. Third key is coach was not clear on who's going to be the guard. He's, he talked about playing two, and uh, you might want to Google messenger guards, Paul Brown. Uh, he, he had guards back in the day. They didn't have the technology, and he used to send his plays in by the guards. So maybe um, – Coach Dan's going to send the plays in via Wes Schweitzer and Ben Garland uh, in the tradition of the old Cleveland Messenger Guard. So uh, another thing to the season, a big key, number four, tight end Austin Hooper. He's taken over that position in the second year. And, uh, you know, what we saw of him on, in the exhibition season looked pretty good. I think um, the uh, tight end's going to be the weapon that could uh, strike fear into the opposing defenses for the Falcons. Because, you know, you got to cover Julio. you got to cover Freeman. And then, you know, Sanu is dependable, especially on third down. So you're going to end up with a pretty good matchup with a safety or a linebacker on Austin Hooper. And, uh, you know, maybe he's a good fantasy uh, pick for some of you all that uh, are into the fantasy thing. So, uh, you know, I think that's a good one. Last night, I think one of the takeaways from the game, and we, we put up a blog on the five players who helped themselves. I don't know if those five did enough to make the team, but they certainly uh, uh, had good plays. I really uh, think Marvin Hall might have made the team. He, he made a lot of plays over the offseason. It's kind of his last shot at it. Uh, he's been around trying to get in the league for a while. So uh, I would take him over Nick Williams, but, you know, that's just me. We'll see how that shakes down later today. But the fifth thing, I thought Matt Bosher did a good job in his workout yesterday. Uh, the offense wasn't able to move the ball. I had him for six punts. He had a 60-yarder and a 56-yarder. Uh, but I think the most impressive one was the flopper punt. He uh, got up in the second quarter that uh, forced Jacksonville to take a, a fair catch inside the 20. So, uh, you know, he's all, he's all ready to go for the regular season and, uh, uh, look real good against, uh, uh, the Jaguars last night. Also talked to Matt Bryant. He's from Orange, Texas, one of the areas hit, uh, you know, by, uh, Hurricane Harvey or Tropical Depression Harvey. And, uh, Orange is near Beaumont. And, uh, he said his people were fine. But, uh, you know, Beaumont was out of water, and he knew that last night when we talked to him uh, in the locker room. So uh, just wanted to check in on my special teams guy, and there's a few other players from Texas, too, that we need to check on to make sure they're doing okay and to make sure their folks are doing okay. Now, uh, our face-down free zone, we're going to slide there, wrap up um, – and come back and just make sure you got your five keys. The offense, can they switch it on? Uh, pass rush is going to be pretty good this year. Quinn's looking like he's going to go messenger guards. He said we might see both of them playing. Uh, I think Austin Hooper's on the uh, verge of having a big season here. And uh, we saw Matt Bosher get his work in uh, with some good punting last night. So that's always key in getting that field position together. 
faced out free zone. Matt Sims, the quarterback, I believe his um, practice squad eligibility is up. So now, did he do enough to make the 53-man roster? I don't think he carried three quarterbacks, but uh, uh, Matt, Coach Dan Quinn said that Matt showed last night that he could play in the NFL. Uh, going 12 for 15, didn't really have the best of blocking, but uh, for 195 yards. Uh, if he does get cut, you know, maybe San Francisco scoops him up and he gets to reunite with Kyle Shanahan out there. So, uh, but he, Coach Coach Quinn felt he showed enough to to tell the decision makers that he could play in the NFL last night. So we'll. Keep up with Matt and see if they keep him or if he uh, lands with another team. You know, so that's our face down free zone. And just wrapping up here, we got the cuts coming today. Uh, the first round I expect today, and then they'll do some again tomorrow. Uh, we got a conference call with Dimitrov and Dan Quinn at four, so we'll be posting information uh, on AJC.com and my AJC around that time. Uh, the injury report from last night, all we had was Quincy Marget, the safety, didn't get an update on him. And uh, Jared Harper, you know, that was the scary scene last night. Uh, the Jacksonville safety who was taken off the field in a stretcher. Uh, and we can, we'll be monitoring Jacksonville.com to see uh, how Jared's doing today and uh, if he stayed over or, or what his situation is. But, hey, thanks a lot for uh, tuning in. This was our second episode of the Bowtie Chronicles. And you can find them here in the future. We're, uh, we've contacted iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Pocket Cast. So we'll have it out there uh, for you to get on all the different avenues here in the future. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the second episode of the Bowtie Chronicles. We're getting ready for the regular season, and I know you all are excited about that. Take care and have a great day. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.